I wanted to talk tonight about something that's incredibly cliche, really cliche, especially since it's November. And that is, I think, the topic is generally gratitude, because it's a month. I mean, Thanksgiving has a very problematic origin. And I really like the way I've landed in it, and that a lot of people do, is, is, is letting go of all that stuff and really connecting with gratitude. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, because I don't think there's ever a wrong time to talk about gratitude. I think it's really important. Uh, and it's easy to be dismissive of it. It's really easy to be dismissive of it. So I think a, a little, um, an exploration of it is important. It's Gratitude is the, I don't know where I got this, but it's the most direct way to connect with well-being. The gratitude is the most direct way to connect with well-being, and I think I got this from James Barris, his Awaken Each Way course, because um, he talked, there's a chapter on cultivating gratitude. And it's, this is also supported by neuroscience. And if you read um, any of Rick Hansen's stuff, who's a neurodharma guy, he talks about this, which is why I started offering the invitation to cultivate some gratitude at the end of meditation. I do that every time, not just today, but every time, because it's, again, it's a shifting, it's a, it's a support of a, a beneficial quality in, in rewiring the brain. Gratitude really has an impact. I don't speak neuroscience, so I can't give you the technical reasons why, but it does have a beneficial impact on the brain. So it really is worth it. Um, and it takes effort. It's not easy to do because we have this, again, in the brain, the negativity bias. Where we're going to roll into what's not working, what's what's wrong, what's what what am I doing wrong? What are you doing wrong? What don't I have? We have we come from that place of lack, and we're really supported in this culture, in in that um, not quite enough aspect. However, that is you're not quite enough. You don't have enough. I mean, the poor billionaire who was crying because they might take away some of his millions of dollars. I mean, I was so heartbroken over that. But that's that that's that bizarre shift in perspective where you lose all sense of where you are in your relationship to others. So the intention to bring yourself back to a gratitude practice is so important. Because it's an antidote to that clinging. It's an antidote to that craving, along with generosity. Um, I, I don't remember where I saw it, but I think I saw it where they talked about gratitude as being like a fifth Brahma Vihara. It's kind of in that, that, um, that universe of heart practice. So because it is a heart practice, this cultivation of... For the Brahma Viharas are the, the hard practices of loving kindness and compassion and appreciative joy and equanimity. And um, so it's, uh, it's uh, A, it's, it's beneficial in the way that hard practices are, and it also takes effort. It's not necessarily easy. And Thich Nhat Hanh talks about it as an awareness 
It's it's a, we see what's going on in 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 the way that um, it's like a flashlight that lights up what's already there. It's like when Thich Nhat Hanh talks about an awareness. It's like when he talks about um, before eating to stop and reflect and give gratitude, give thanks to how your food got to be in front of you. You probably didn't grow it. You probably didn't harvest it or ship it or do any of the things. If you're out eating, you didn't prepare it. You didn't bring it and put it in front of you. I mean, when we cook our own food, we do. But there's so many things that go into just eating. So just to bring that, make the effort to bring that. And it's true about anything. If I get dressed in the morning, I, I haven't made anything in my house. I don't think there's anything in my house that I created. I really don't. My husband has created something. <laughs> I have not. There's some things he made, but he didn't make the 3D printer upon which he created these things. So somebody invented a 3D printer for him to use, you know. So it just it's so important to see that. And I remember Barack Obama said something about that and he got a whole bunch of shit for it where he said, you didn't do that. You didn't do, you, you didn't do that. We did it together. We built stuff together. So that we're, we have that rugged individualism in the US, that idea that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and if we fail, it's, something, it's our own fault and we dis, disengage from the systems that we're part of. And that's mentally, but, but it's not true. We may think it, but it's not true. None of us gets anywhere by ourselves. Um, we may make a grand attempt to be loners, right? build walls around ourselves, but we're still, we're still connected with the rest of the world. And to uh, recognize that, to be willing to recognize that, to be willing to recognize that, and to be grateful for whatever it is that we receive through our uh, connected, connectedness with other, other beings is really important. It opens us up to a larger perspective. And when we're caught in the, um, I talk about grumbling versus gratitude, when we're caught in the grumbling part, there's a flavor of tightness and constriction. It's like when we're when we're in, caught in aversion, or we're caught in craving. There's this this closed, this sense of being closed up. If you just think about um, a time that you somebody's just pissed you off, or you didn't get your way, or whatever, just think about what that feels like. You know, somebody just. If, it's whether it's somebody on the freeway or your neighbor or um, Trump supporter or somebody that just, there's something you read on social media that just like, what does that feel like? There's a tightness. Somebody was talking about this the other night and this woman thought about it and she said her jaw just got really tight. And I was at the dentist the other day. I went, um, on Thursday, for I went to a new dentist, so they do the whole all the X-rays and all the feeling of jaw and stuff. And so she was doing the um, looking for TMJ, and they move your jaw around and do all this kind of thing. And she's like, "Oh, you have no TMJ," and and that's a real sign of stress. And she said, 
75% of their, their clients have some kind of TMJ that they're just so stressed. They just carry this tightness around. And it's like at the beginning of meditation, when I say relax, and you don't even realize that your shoulders are like this. And if you were a consciously relax, there's always something. It's like, just relax your shoulders right now. Did they go anywhere? <laughs> even a millimeter. We're, we're, we're constantly waiting for the next something or other. So that, the gratitude brings a spaciousness. It brings a, brings a space. So it's, again, it's a, it's, it helps us let go of that constriction, which is where we want to move into. We want to move into uh, the spaciousness, not the constriction. The constriction is that, that fixed idea of how it's supposed to be. And that we're not getting our way. Normally, when we're not we're not grateful, it's because um, y'all are doing something that I don't like. You know, somebody is doing something I don't like. And and patience rolls in with this too, because patience is necessary when things are not going our way. And patience is one of the paramis, one of the qualities that we need to develop in order to uh, awaken for enlightenment, for liberation. It's like, oh. Can you be patient? Like, I was at Home Depot today <laughs> at 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. What was I thinking? <laughs> and there was a really long line. And I, and I said, okay, how long is this going to take? And I was like, I was really trying to pay attention. It's like, I can be pissed off or I can just be here. I mean, because I have to do what I'm doing. And it's like, okay, so just let me be here. You know, there's a spaciousness with that. If the, and then the, and pay attention to when the mind starts moving in and starts getting tight and tense. And why are they taking so long? Because I do pay attention. And it's like there were two people that were still there when I got there and when I left. It's like they were just taking. There's a particular time, amount of time you're allotted, and they went over their allotment. I made that shit up in my head. <laughs> but that's what we do. We make up stories, we make up rules in our own mind, and when people transgress those rules, we get really annoyed. And we have to recognize it's like, oh, we made that up. I made that up. Can I let go of that? That's that fixed thinking that, that, that the Buddha says is like, meh, meh, meh. let go, let go, let go. So, what we need to do in order to, and this is true of everything we want to cultivate, we have to see what gets in the way of it. The way to cultivate it is to see what's stopping us from moving in that direction. So for gratitude, um, some of the things that you may or may not relate to are um, you're not deserving of what you have. There's a perfection, you know, there's this, yeah, but, um, it's like, I, you should be, can you be grateful for this? It's like, well, I should, you know, no, because, you know, there's something that says you're not deserving, so you can't be grateful. Or you take, we take things for granted. You know, we have this sense of entitlement. Well, of course, of course I have this. Why should I be grateful for it? Or I was talking earlier about this dismissiveness. You know, we, we or the entitlement that rolls in with this dismissiveness is this sense of 
can you be grateful for being able to walk? Can you be grateful for being able to breathe? And it's like, ugh, I have bigger problems than that. And it's like, yeah, but if you couldn't breathe, <laughs> you're, again, it's that shift that in would perspective. Be your problem. That would be your problem. Exactly. No? If you couldn't walk, you've been in that position. Yeah. So there's that, that sense of, of when you can't do something. So don't take anything for granted. We take so much for granted. We, take, we have a really, yeah, so really be careful of that. That gets in the way of, um, of cultivating this. When I was um, facilitating a, an Awakening Joy group earlier this year, when we were talking about gratitude, I had them get gratitude buddies in the class, and they had to text each other every day. So that's one thing they were grateful for, which is really a very common thing, you know, gratitude lists. I see them on Facebook. I have friends who write gratitude lists and share them with each other. So that's kind of a supportive um, practice. This one woman wrote to me and said she was really having a hard time coming up with one thing in a day to text her gratitude buddy. And I said, try having it be mundane. She was thinking it had to be grandiose. I have to be grateful for, you know, whatever. And poetic. It doesn't have to be poetic. You know, I don't have, I, you know, I didn't have to blow my nose 27 times today. I am so grateful. Or whatever. It can be, you know, my cat didn't puke in the bed again. I am so grateful for that. <laughs> These cats don't do that. But, you know, it's like, I have been grateful for those, you know. The diarrhea cleared up. Yay! It can be simple. Watch how the mind judges that. If you start going there, watch the judging mind. Saying, oh, that's ugh, that dismissiveness. We, we get really sophisticated. That's also on my list. We get really sophisticated. Um, and that made me think of Yule Hauser. And you guys know, remember yeah. Yule Hauser. Anybody in here not know who Yule Hauser is? Yeah. He was this guy who had who died, passed away a few years ago. He had a show on PBS called, I think, California's Gold was mostly. And he he was like this real down home Tennessee guy. And he he but he was in California for thirty years. He had this show for like thirty years. And he would go around everywhere in California. Every, he actually did a show where he went to the four points of California, the most east, west, north, south. But he would just do random things and just go with him and his cameraman, and they'd go up and they he'd have his microphone and he'd say, hi, tell me about this. You know, he'd like go to mines and gold country. And he was driving down, he was driving down Olive Avenue in Burbank, and there's this old coffee shop called the Tallyrand. And he said, look at that. And he pulled over and he went and he did a whole show in half an hour in the Tallyrand. I'm like, oh, dude, really? This is. And he was genuinely touched by people. And he'd say, what was his line? That's amazing. And he's this big, tall, blonde guy with his Tennessee accent. He's, he's still on. They're still showing it. Yeah, look up Ewell Hauser. He died a few years ago. He lived in Palm Springs. But we just saw one the other night. He did Warner Brothers. And so they took him all around the lot. And so he's like, 
wow, would you look at that? And he'd just go up to people and stick the microphone in their face, and they'd go, I watch you on TV. It's just really sweet, but it's so unsophisticated. And you can have two points of view about it. And he had this, he, you know he exuded gratitude. And just for being able to see all these people and the, the humanity, to touch that shared humanity that we have, where um, when you're too sophisticated or you're too, you know, judgy or entitled, you miss all that. So to, it's really necessary to cultivate. And we were talking about Mr. Rogers, too, because that movie's coming out. You know, that's that. I'm sure he had that real sense of gratitude, too. So um, really to, to recognize these simple joys. You know, and gratitude is in the present moment. It's what, it's where we are right now. It's where we are right now. The Buddha, when he talks about gratitude, he talks about, mentions it in a couple of suttas. And it's in the context of, um, this is lovely, I like this. It's in one of the suttas, it says, a person with no integrity is ungrateful and unthankful. So if you have no integrity, and integrity Ethical behavior, sila, is huge in Buddhist teachings. It's paramount. It's a whole portion of the Eightfold Path. It's really important to cultivate integrity and, and living wisely and, and wise action and not causing harm. So a person with no integrity is like not so good, has, is ungrateful and unthankful. Um, a person of integrity is grateful and thankful. And then there's another sutta said where he asks, these two people are hard to find in the world. Which two? The, ones who do, the one who does a kindness and the one who is grateful and thankful for a kindness done. Um, oh, the, the, who are hard to find? The people who are hard to find are the ones who are grateful and the ones who are thankful for a kindness done. So in, in the Buddhist teachings, kindness and gratitude go hand in hand. To be grateful for a kindness done to you, you know, to be grateful. And so you can, exp you know, and Tan Jeff talks about this at Tanisarobika, the monk um, outside San Diego, where he talks about, you know, somewhere in our lives we've been touched by someone. Someone has done something nice for us. Even if somebody just holds a door open for us. Again, like go of the sophistication. Yeah, we've all had really shitty things. We've all had difficulties, deep difficulties in our lives. And we've also had someone be kind to us. Can we touch that? Which is why I, um, I believe that this is another one of the heart practices, because you reflect on someone who has been kind to you, just as in, 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 in doing the, the heart practices, you reflect on a benefactor. You reflect on someone you care about or who has been generous or kind to you that gets the juices flowing in the heart. Really important. So, you know, we have to, um, it's really worth cultivating gratitude. Um, I have a question. Please. Um, what about when we think about things like that, think spot and we don't, we're not able to like feel it. We're able to like think of it, it's like more cerebral. Mm -hmm. We're not able to actually experience that heart feeling. 
do we, um, I mean, does that become a practice or do we do it maybe continuously with faith that we will get in touch with that or maybe just accept it as it is or what do you think? Yeah, thank you. That's a good question. What do you do if you feel it, if you think about what you're grateful for, but there's no um, physical experience around it, so you don't feel it in your heart? That's a very, that's a similar question to when we do loving kindness practice. Mm -hmm. People, it's like, it, it feels very dry, yeah. but it's, you, you incline the mind towards it. You start moving in that direction. It's like you do with the heart, you know, even though metta, loving kindness, it's really difficult, it's really hard, compassion, it's really hard. Appreciative joy, nearly <laughs> impossible to be happy for your good fortune, okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> I know, right? Um, so it takes effort. It really takes the willingness. So what you do is if you continue to keep it in mind, keep it as a practice, whether you, you, you remember before you um, eat to reflect on gratitude, whether you meet people in the street or someone um, does something unwarranted that's kind to you, reflect on that. Does it, how does it make you, do you feel anything in that moment? Maybe yes, maybe no. But if you keep an awareness of it and keep moving in that direction, I, I think that's, that's um, you know, the Dhammapada, mind follows mind. Incline the mind, incline the heart, and just keep moving in that direction. And sometimes you'll go, oh, wow, I feel it. And, some, you know, and, and maybe you'll die without ever feeling it. But it doesn't suck as a practice. You know, just like the heart practices, it doesn't, it doesn't suck to no, move in that direction. That's why I said maybe you don't feel it, because I kind of figured the Buddhist idea would be that's not the end result necessarily. Get a feeling, so you can feel better. Um, and then you said that you talk about inclining the mind. Uh, I thought more coaxing, mm -hmm. and then I got this image of like, like training a puppy, because they're like floppy and they don't really know what they're doing. And you're like, no, here, this this way, little guy. And the puppy's like, oh. and like you keep doing it over time, and the puppy learns. And so it's kind of like you're you're training yourself in the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's beneficial, and you know, and that's what. Um, Rick Hansen has a, has a chapter in Buddha's brain called Letting in the Good. And it's really about wise effort. And it's about, because wise effort is about recognizing when the thoughts are not beneficial and letting them go. Like when you're caught in judgment, when you're caught in craving, when you're caught in those things that don't serve. And bring in what does serve. And the, the, the you know, the, the heart practices and the, the letting your experience be what it is, being intimate, being willing to be intimate with whatever the experience is, pleasant or unpleasant, you know, without preference for it to be different, you, you, um, that's beneficial. And, and so these practices like gratitude and loving kindness are really beneficial. You're, it's, the example is often um, used, you're laying the groundwork. You know, you're, you're, you're putting wholesome, beneficial, uh, you're regrooving the mind with these wholesome, beneficial pathways rather than um, something that may be less beneficial, like, where's mine? How come I don't get mine? So, yeah, so in, incline the heart and the mind. Um, to gratitude, and there's way to do, ways to do that by, you know, like whatever makes sense for where you are, 
because we're all in different places. So like uh, the gratitude reflection or remembering to always say thank you, because that's being in the present. If somebody does something for you, like if you hold, ever hold a door for somebody and they just walk right through and they're Makes just- Makes me crazy. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me so crazy. Because it's just shocking that someone can't recognize when something's given to them. You're not required to hold the door open. You're not. Yeah. Right. And so when somebody a mere thank you, you seems yeah, yeah, simple to give because they're oblivious; they're not present. But at the same time, it's like, am I holding the door because I want? It? Like, they don't have to give me a thank you. That's not why I'm holding the door. But yet, when I don't get the thank you, I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Then that's my thing. Then that's, that's happening. Just, then that's your reaction. Yeah. To, yeah. So that's your. Then you get to mm -hmm. investigate that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, why am I? Yeah. It's like. Then it's like, well, okay. Mm -hmm. I try not to be sarcastic. You know. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Exactly. But it's those types of things. So trying. That's what being present is about. If you're present, you're aware of somebody doing something really nice for you, mm -hmm. and you can say thank you, and that's. That also supports connection. Yes, it does. It supports connection between people, which is so important. It's so important. Everything. Because we're all, you know, in this teaching, there's no one more worthy of love than you and no one less worthy of love than you. So in this teaching, we are all, you know, the same. We're all equal. So we, I want to treat other people the way I want to be treated, and hopefully I can. And, so that I think gratitude's really an important um, practice around this. So, and it's that time of year. So, you know, so it's I always like go there. In fact, I have I because I always go through my notes from other times I've given this talk, and they're all dated November. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, here's one note: December, but still close enough. November, November, December, November. <laughs> so predictable, but it's, I, I don't think it's ever a thing. And, um, you know, it is, a, um, James Barris tells a story in here about his mother who was like 80 something years old and she was like an, um, a glass half empty person. And he was, he heard, uh, he suggested that she might want to do something different. Oh, he read an article, uh, he came down to visit her, she lived down here, he lived in the Bay Area, and um, she said, uh, she, he was talking about gratitude, and he said, you know, the key to gratitude is really in the way we frame a situation. Suppose all, and he said, suppose all of a sudden your television isn't getting good reception. And she goes, yeah, I can relate to that. And he goes, one way to describe your experience would be to say, this is so annoying, I could scream. Or you could say, this is so annoying and my life is really very blessed. And she, and she agreed um, that that would make a difference. So she's like in her 80s when he's telling her this. And she was always oh, a complainer. She was just a glass half empty, glass half empty. This is blah, 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 blah. But you know those people. It's like a litany of what's going wrong. So he worked with her for a couple of weeks. And she started saying she would be glass half empty and... My life is really very blessed. And he, she said it changed her life. Because she made the effort, she, she put attention on it. You know, she shined the flashlight on what was already there. 
she wasn't too sophisticated or too, um, and you know, saying, no, that's not good enough. It could be mundane. And apparently, I haven't watched it, but there's a YouTube video of her telling this story like 90 years old mm -hmm. about how it shifted her. So it's, um, I probably should watch it, but um, I don't shit anything, but you know, um, it'd be nice to watch. But um, I think that just, it can, it can work, you know, but we just have to be willing to be um, less sophisticated because I have this idea of what sophistication is like. You know, this is my, my story and, and gratitude is like, doesn't fall in there anywhere. And so to really let go of that, well, there's no such thing as cool anyway. So to let go of that and just, just be, be true to yourself. You know, I think it's really uh, to be as true to yourself and to be willing to connect and be vulnerable and look like Yule Hauser, you know? Well, I'm sure some people think it's so lame, you know, but he's just a darling. And when he died, the outpouring of love for him was um, extraordinary. So we're still talking about him. He's been dead like low these six or seven years. So. Anyway, that's my, that's my thought. Any questions around this or thoughts?